Born in Trouble. Hey, what's good, y'all? Welcome back to Born in Trouble. I'm your host, John X, here once again with my illustrious group from Los Angeles, California, Mr. Gene Hopkins. And from, and from Detroit, Brooklyn. Oh, Detroit, Michigan. Grand Lancaster. That's right. What's happening? What's happening? What it do? What it do? What it do? So how y'all feeling tonight? How y'all feeling tonight? Unfortunately, Mr. Brooks will not be joining us today. The man has him tied up. That's right. Nice. Yeah, good. Right. He's he's uh he's what you call uh earning earning. <laughs> you know, I'm kind of sad that Rob won't be here this week, and the reason why I'm sad that he won't be here this week is because I was better prepared with jokes and things to say about him last week when he wasn't <laughs> supposed to show up, and this week I have forgotten all, right. all of those jokes that I was going to tell in his absence. So you, Mister Brooks, get a round of applause for avoiding that. Somehow, you're still sneaky. He's still extra sneaky and gets away with that. So today we're talking about running, 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 running. For one thing, running for yourself or running for your country. I find it interesting, this uh, incident that's going on in the um, Olympics here with Ms. Shikari, who is not even going to be on the Olympic team whatsoever. Or for smoking weed because of the fact that a reporter took the time to tell her after a race that her mother had died, which was kind of traumatizing, finding out that your mother had died. Finding out um, in the middle of an interview after a race is probably even worse. But hey, we're just here to entertain them anyway. And this whole thing has brought me back to... A story that I used to see a lot when I was a kid, but I'm sure a lot of people aren't aware of at this point in time, or they're tacitly aware of, barely aware of. In 1968, we had the Olympics in Mexico City, and we have that famous poster with the brothers standing on the podium with their fist raised high in the air, Mr. John Carlos and Thomas Smith. They made they made the history there. They got the bronze and the gold medal in the 200 meters and simultaneously mortified all of America who are accustomed to seeing their Negroes run and win for this country and never say a damn thing about it, about the way they were treated, about what was going on in this country. But unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, that's how that went down. Um, after that, they were promptly kicked out of the Olympics, taken by bus to Guadalajara, where they had to hitchhike back to the United States and uh, make their own way. What year? What month was that? Well, that part wasn't true. Um, I that was a lie. They didn't get dropped off in Guadalajara. No, but well, what month was that? That Olympic? Uh... Well, summertime. So I'm assuming it was sometime like June or July, 1968. It was the year before we were born. And um, it's something that I'm my the reason why it came up to me and why I started thinking about it was because after Ms. Shikari Richardson was left off of this team, there's been a lot of black flash in the black community 
um, people are saying that they're not going to watch the Olympics, which would kind of be a shame because of all the amazing African American um, athletes that are competing. Simone Biles, she's the best to ever do it. Right. She's amazing with it. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. You've got that, um, who is it, Gabrielle? Who's the one that's uh, running the 200? Gabby Thomas. And she's the second fastest woman since Flojo. And she wants to have her stage, you know. And the thought that came to me, what I wanted to ask you guys is like, the thought that came to me was, um, do the Olympians really owe it to their country to go to the Olympics for their country, or is this something that is really an individual goal that gets wrapped up in the flag every four years, in this case, five years, because the Olympics were uh, put back one year due to COVID concerns. How do y'all feel about that? Do you think that these athletes owe anything to this country? Or is this... Our, uh, our athletes in particular, or just athletes in general? Our athletes in particular. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm saying any athlete, really. If you really want to so, put it to you, so go ahead. I, I don't I don't think I don't think that they necessarily owe anything to the country, but I think a lot of them um a lot of people, you know, they, they take pride in, in the country and they, they wanna represent the country. You know what I mean? A lot a lot of people do that. I I don't understand why any person of African descent that lives in this country, any ADOS person would want to be that. But on the other hand, I also understand that there's some, some individual, um, some individual agendas that are out there as well. So if getting to the Olympics gets you to where you need to be or where you, where you think you would like to be as, as an individual, as an athlete, or, you know, maybe a certain amount of endorsements or whatever, then you do that. But I mean, I, I, I don't think that you owe it to the country. I think some people, I think some people, um, like I said, I think some people feel that pride in the country and would like to do it. I think other people just have the talent and are able to do it. I think, it, you know, it's similar to professional sports. You well, know, you have some people that would just do it anyway. Well, it's an, it's an, you have some people to do it for the money. It's an important distinction because of the fact that, um, the way that Americans are taking this, um, the way that they took, uh, what was that? The one that um, Gwen Berry, the, uh, was the, the discus throw. She came in third place at the U.S. Olympic trials, ended up turning her back to the flag during the playing of the anthem. Now, during the right. Olympic trials, they don't play the anthem after every event. And the schedule was such that it wasn't supposed to be played at that point in time. But it's almost as if the Olympic com Committee wanted this woman to be outed as being anti-American. And this is the U.S. Olympic Committee that set this up and set this whole circumstance in motion to expose her in a certain extent. And that's why I started thinking about it, because track and field is a very, out of all the sports that you can choose... Track and field is the most individualistic one out of all of them. You may be on a track team, but you compete by yourself and for yourself. So I was wondering, like, how do the two of those things meet? Is she going to the Olympics for the United States or is she going because this is something that she's trained for her entire life? And it's the pinnacle. It's like the World Series 
of track and field. And the nationalistic um, bent is just a part of it. What do you think about that, Gene? Yeah, I would tell you, man. I uh, I happen to think that uh, <laughs> a little bit like Grant, but a little bit more extreme uh, in thought that yo, speak on it. You're going to represent this country, but if there's not a a, a great reward for it, use a dummy. And so, with that being said, <laughs> if you're going to get that reward, right, uh, then bravo to you. I feel you know, go go get that reward. But I'm never, I'm you know, I, I can't with the with the things that I've learned and the factual information that's out there. There's just no way I can give a shit about. <laughs> The Olympics, or who performs in it, or who even wins that motherfucker. Well, what you? I am brought up in athletics, you know, so I like to watch the competition because it's convenient on the uh, programming device that we're all provided. (laughs) (laughs) And so, and so, you know, and I like competition, so you know, I I admittedly I'm going to tune in because because I've been tuning in for years. But look, man, I think she should just say in her mind, you know, play the game because there's plenty of money left to be made. Everybody's going to be waiting for her to hit the track on another you know, venue or whatever. And so there's plenty of money to be made. Train hard, get yourself ready uh, and and say, fuck the Olympics. Uh, What? You're complete if you're an Olympic goddamn, uh, you know, uh, a gold medalist. I mean, that's the cream of our crop. Like that's that's something somebody is, that everyone aspires to so much that they're about to drag your ass for blowing it. Mm. Come on, man, we tripping. You know, what I'm well, yeah. So what? You know, I mean, they got her. They wanted to get her probably anyway. Mm. We understand because of the flavor and everything else. Mm. They got her. She handled it in a way that. Uh, you know, if she had a publicist or, or some somebody professional like that, it may have been a little different. Or maybe that's the route they said to go because they say shit that the old ancient people don't see when it comes to combining all this with social media, this, that, and the third and everything else. Man, they could game plan until the next time she gets on the track. If she's training hard and everything else, it's gonna. I'm gonna be tuning in. Like, mm-hmm. you know, fuck y'all if y'all right. want to tune in. You know okay. what I'm saying? Well, that, that's- so, so, I mean, it's like she, I think she should just, I think uh, she doesn't have to make it a big deal. And anyone who has such a strong opinion that they wanted to get into a heated argument about it, them motherfuckers need to evaluate themselves. Graham, mm. <laughs> what were you saying? But it, isn't it, I, I think, I think, it, I think it serves. It, even though it's even though it's it's a disservice to her, I think it could actually serve her very well because, like Gene said, people when the next time she races, mm-hmm. everybody gonna be tuning in. Oh yeah. So so if, if so if she you know if, if she had a if she had a, a you know rich if she Agent. was to get an endorsement you know what I mean like like so think back to the movie Kingpin when uh with Woody Harrelson. Mm-hmm. When at the end of the movie, my man had the endorsement from they was calling him the rubber man. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the movie, he had the endorsement with the condom people. Right. Yeah, That was good. So, it was a good turn. Of yeah. So, I mean, if, if she if she, if she connected with a <laughs> she connect with, you know, a weed company, whichever weed company that is. 
and be like, yo, you know, I'll wear I'll wear the green joints with the uh, I'll wear the green joints with the leaf on them, or you know, what? the gummies or whatever. There's billions you know what in that industry. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. That's what I'm saying. So, 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 so to that end, I, you know, I, like I said, if 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 that's what you want to do in terms of representing the country for the Olympics, for, to whatever end, to whatever end you personally you you have, right? To whatever end you want to represent the country, then do that. But since the country said, "Nah, we don't, we don't want you to represent us," then to me, you as a as an ADOS person, you say, "All right, well, fuck y'all," because I was in it for the money, and I love track. I love track. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like I love, ra- I love racing. Mm-hmm. That's what I do, right? So I don't need to be in the Olympics to make money doing what I love. Well, right? I, I go ahead, go ahead. No, no, I'm, I'm just saying I, I don't need to. I don't need to be in the Olympics to make this money doing what I love. And now that you done put me on blast about this weed shit, mm. I'm gonna connect up with you know whatever weed company, and I'm gonna be running with this shit. <laughs> right, right. Well, I, delivery service. Right, right. Always on speed. Yeah, right, right. Speed of delivery. Well, you know, I I, I never yeah. I never ran track. The the most track I ever ran from I ran from the track coach. Who used to come over to the who used to come over to the Ross building and try to catch me before I got on my bus in between seasons and say, You're gonna come out for the track team, aren't you? And I gotta tell you the truth, running I did not see that as being a fun sport or endeavor. You know, the best thing about the running was they used to talk about the pen relays where the guy where the female track runners and the males would hook up and that seemed like the highlight of it. But the way I felt about it is that if I got to run 200 miles in order just to possibly have a date or go to a mixer, I didn't see the value in that as a child. That's just how I was thinking. I'm just telling the truth about me, but it brings, it brings, but you know, something that both of you guys said, it brings something back about like John Carlos and Tommy Smith. The reason why I brought them up is because we can talk about these endorsements. You brought up endorsements. When Carl Lewis was running, there were no endorsements. You, as a track and field, he kind of broke, I think he kind of broke down the wall for allowing amateur track and field athletes to make a living. These guys, John Carlos and Thomas Smith, Tommy Smith, they weren't allowed to profit off of their skill. They were winning right. gold medals, and that was the story of most Olympians when we were little kids and we're watching like nine, ten years old. They couldn't come home, and they had to turn pro. And once you turn pro, that was the end because you can't compete no more. It's supposed to be amateur sports. So any endorsements you would get, they're dried up because you're basically based upon old news. It's all old news. Yeah, Bruce Jenner knows all about that. Maybe that's why he decided to get with the Kardashians because he missed that spotlight. You know, that's a part of it. But you got some what good he, glam training though. What yeah, yeah. <laughs> got some good glam training for a minute. Uh, maybe he'll win. Anyway, listen, oh, we're yo, not yo, gonna, yo, time out. Oh, oh. No, we'll, we'll, I saw Dave Chappelle Saturday, but go ahead, we can come back to it, but it happens to be talking about what what uh what we're on right now, you know, because yo, Dave Chappelle de- dedicated an entire show basically to uh to to sharing his position on uh trans community and uh uh LBGQ. That was on Netflix. 
No, man, oh, okay. I was live. there live in Vegas, bro. That shit. Nice. Yo, Craig, guess, guess who had they opened up with? Who? The fucking Roots, man. And I'm talking about they put the yeah. smack oh, nice. down on that. <laughs> what? Yeah. Shout out yeah. to the Roots. Yo, we don't yeah, like man. the Roots. Yo, that's, a, that's a hella deal right there. Oh, yeah, man. I didn't even know the roots were going to be there. So to my surprise, you know, I'm like, yo, is that Black Thought? You know, I'm talking about they bumping and shit, you know? Yeah, I was right. like, oh, shit, if Grant was here, he'd know every word to that song. Like, <laughs> <"Yo."> <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yo, so check this out, man. So Dave was going, I mean, Dave was doing his brilliant shit, man. And yo, this white guy jumped up out the crowd, man, yo, and was like, at this quiet uh, point, because, you know, Dave's inflection is is perfectly timed, and at this quiet point, this white guy jumped up and he said, Fuck you, Dave Chappelle. It sounded just like that, too. I'm brilliant. <laughs> so, yo, and so, yo, and I'm talking about there was this hush, and then the and then the rumble came, and Dave said, ho, 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 chill, chill, chill. Dave said, yo, let's hear him out. Let's hear him out, you know? And uh, he was like, you know, what are you angry at? This and that. And the guy, you know, instead of taking that moment so to I say something that. intelligent, you know, he got to acting, you know, the beast mode came out. <laughs> and so the crowd was like, man, fuck you. Boo. <laughs> you know, I think they was about to pounce on him because it was at a brilliant point in the show, you know, this. And so, in my opinion, and so, oh, and they locked your phones up so ain't nobody took a picture of shit. In oh, the yeah, show, no you doubt. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so, and so, 14,000 strong. And so, and so, and Dave was like, no, no, he gave him, tried to give him another shot. And then, you know, I can sense, you know, the energy coming out. Dave was like, yo, it, it, it was, it was bothering him a little bit. You know what I'm saying? First, he tried to keep his cool too long, but when this guy doubled down on, on being a, a idiot, Mm-hmm. That kind of bothered him because I think in Dave's head, he understands everything that's happening now. It's in the middle of his rhythm, this, that, and everything else. Right. This is a brilliant show so far. And he, pro- and he I think is he's boiling, you know what I'm saying? So Dave goes, Dave kind of was like, ah, you know, <laughs> you know, fucking, you know, get him out of here type shit, you know, with some, with some better words than that. And then he kind of, you know... I forget the security guy's name, but I know that's who he was talking about. You know, let's just say Tony. You know, he was like, yeah, Tony, like, be ready for that motherfucker and put his ass down type, you know, attitude. And then, yo, and then when he was done, they said, that's why I hate y'all crackers. <laughs> <laughs> Then you know he had to think for a minute to get back to where he was, and he picked up where he was, and he went off. You know, but you know it was it it was it was brilliant. And without giving it away, I because I won't give you my opinion uh, of this or that and whatever. But uh, I'm sure you know. But he owns it. It was under Chappelle production. Right, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, but that's that's he that's owns where... it, and so he he you might not ever see it. You know, I mean, you know who yeah. knows? It's like it could be in his vault, like Prince, and that's the way it should be. Yeah, that's really the way it should be. You should it was brilliant. We are supposed to own our own masters. We're supposed to own our own stuff. 
I know a lot of people, I got into a conversation this week with um, someone. I was coming back from an appraisal and um, I was talking to this dude in my car and I was like, B, like, if you, you have to, you have to own your shit. I don't, I don't like, um, I don't, I don't, when I see people who look at people who have things and they admire them so much and they kiss their asses so much just to get a crumb and never consider putting themselves in that same position. I don't under, I just don't understand it. We were having a discussion about credit. I was telling him, I won't discuss my opinion on that, but y'all know when I do things and I build things, I build them up very slowly and I own every aspect of everything that I do because that's what you're supposed to do. Cause if you right. own it, then you don't have to answer to anybody. Nobody can right. shut me down. So, and nobody grant you own your own shit. Nobody can shut you down. Right. You know, Gene, you own your own shit. Nobody can shut you down. Rob Brooks. Rob Brooks works. Rob Brooks works for the, he shut down tonight. brother gets yeah, paid man. very well i just i just got i just gotta harass him though he's not here he's not That's here the biggest tool towards freedom though in my opinion yeah that is the biggest tool towards whatever vision of equality or uh uh, what do you call it, liberation people have and stuff. The biggest tool towards that is to own your shit. That's right. And, and get out from the umbrella of debt, you know, uh, or, you know, that, that kind of lifestyle, you know. Well, the thought process that debt is good. Not all debt everything. is good. Right. Not all debt right. is good. You know, I learned that working for the banks when I, I would run people's credit cards and they call for extensions and you get to see all the credit cards that they have across like one bank because you can own multiple credit cards with one banking institution. So, and I would count up the debt of people and they'd be 200, 300, $400,000 in debt. I'm like, that ain't, that's no way to live. You know, you have the appearance that you're doing well, but the reality is, you sucking on soup and anybody can come right. and turn in your marker at any point in time. It's a pretty marker. It's miserable. It's miserable. This is, this is, this is, this is the social media world though. Cause it's, it's all, it's all about the overlay for the underplay. You know what I'm saying? You're going to, you're going to, you're going to put up the facade that, you know, you ballerific, but you know, underneath it all, you know, behind the surface, you know, you, you taking pictures in front of whatever you take pictures in front of, but you don't own that shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You you and and you're not you're not even close. You're not even close to owning that shit. Right. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it, not everybody you know, it, not everybody can be an owner. Like, you know, you you have to put that out there. You have to oh. throw that asterisk. Not everybody can own things. Not everybody has the capability. Some some people need to get up and go to a job and are only capable of really getting up and going doing the same job like for 20 years and there's nothing wrong with that. Doesn't make them so less this, or more than anyone else. I think everybody is capable. This, uh, no, most sir. people are not no, willing. This is a I conversation think everybody that I has have. a capability in their lane. I had this conversation all the time. So the only reason, the only reason, uh, let's use McDonald's, right? Somebody got to work the fries. Somebody got, <laughs> somebody got to put the burgers. Somebody right. got to work their cash register. 
And there's some people in this world that are content flipping burgers. There's yeah. some people in this world that are content working the fries. You know what I'm saying? Now, some people, as you as you begin to as you begin to matriculate through the system and you and you go from, you know, you start out washing lettuce, but now, you know, you you making fries. You know what I'm saying? And then you mopping the floor or whatever. You know what I'm saying? As you go through the system, a lot of people at a certain point, they just become content at that level. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, so I, I, I guarantee you not everybody is meant to be an owner. You know what I mean? Because yeah. everybody, because if you're not willing to do what it takes to be an owner, you mm-hmm. don't want to be. Okay, here's a different perspective. They are the, they are the owner of their labor, right? Now, maybe they are a poor business management manager of their labor. If all if all they aspire to do is provide that labor, right? Uh, you know, they are at least the owner of their labor is what I'm saying. Now, uh, slave ships oh, yeah, will yeah, never right. give them credit for that. Like, no, right. we are the owner of your labor. You know? <laughs> but, That's but, but so I say I say that in, in, in that respect, just to clarify that it, uh, when I say everyone could be an owner, which uh, rabbit trail off to the barter system instead of the system we have now and so on and so forth, uh, then at the very least in that role, they are uh, able to barter their labor. You know, so, uh, for for whatever, you know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> but, but so just it's still kinda, good for something. <laughs> just kind of just, just to kind of tie this together. Yeah. Okay. Just to kind of tie this together. Can can we bring up the uh the ruling that that the NCAA is gonna have to start paying these people for you or you know for using their likeness, right. selling their jerseys, I like all it. that shit. Man, right? Can we just get back to that? So, so yeah, began with the O'Bannons. You know, and, you know, similar to uh, the conversation that we had before when I told y'all why I don't fuck with NCAA sports, because they making all this money and they trying to tell me that they can't pay these players anything, Mm -hmm. but they paying these coaches several million dollars a season to coach. You know what I'm saying? Right. So in in terms of just kind of doubling back to Sister Richardson on on the on the owning your own labor piece. You know what I'm saying? She had she has a, a unique opportunity right now to be able to own her her labor. Well, here's the you know problem. I mean? Here's the problem. Like, you know, yeah, it's like it's funny. I, I, right. I didn't even think about it in terms of her doing endorsements for cannabis companies. Um that's a that's quite I mean, that would be like really a stick in the thumb in the eye of the Olympic Committee to do yeah, a commercial like awful. that. It would say fuck them. But like, I mean, look, the state where she lives in, it's legal to smoke. It's legal to have it. It's legal to buy it. It's legal to smoke it. So she smokes some weed and she loses. It just brings everything to the forefront about why is this not a federal thing? Why is this? Why is this not legal federally? And because once it becomes legal federally, then the Olympic Committee can only like follow suit. I'm I've unapologetically said that for some 20 years between working out and work marijuana is the only thing that's kept me from that's kept me sitting upright right now you know honestly speaking I would go to work I do a, a hard job hard labor every day come home back be hurting foot be hurting leg be hurting everything's hurting 
at that point in time. I got to make dinner for my son. And then I just really want to lie out, lay out. And marijuana, by smoking marijuana afterwards, after I did everything, allowed me to sleep peacefully and restfully and recover for the next day. This is not something that, this is not a drug that is stopping anybody from doing anything except for living a longer life. And I think that's probably the pro- part of the problem, too. Because if we were to take marijuana, we synthesize marijuana, it's been shown to fight cancer, it's been shown to do all these different great things for the body. And we all know that the pharmaceutical companies, what they've done with marijuana over the years with their um, medical studies is just find ways to synthesize it, break it down, and put it into pills that your doctor has to give you a prescription for, that he can sell because it's synthetic marijuana and not the thing that God put out there for you. Anyone who is a who doesn't eat synthetic food will tell you that anything that's synthetic is not as good as the original. Doesn't work as well as the original. So this whole thing about her losing her spot And I understand rules of the rules. I think a lot of people in the track and field community, being that it is such a, being that track and field is such an individual thing, an individual game, I think that plays into the fact that she doesn't have much support. But I'd like to see something like what happened in the 1968 Mexico Olympics happen with this team. Y'all want us to watch you and support you. But I think that you need to be in support of Miss Richardson and what she lost, rightfully so, I guess by the rules, rightfully so by the rules. But hell, by the rules, motherfuckers is doing 30 years in jail for having an ounce of weed. It's not an L. It's not an L in my opinion. She hasn't hasn't taken an L. An L is when you've had something. And then you lose it. That's the L, okay? Right. Not what you would have had. <laughs> you know, I can, I can so see. she hasn't taken the L, and she can still get plenty. All she's got to do, all, all she's got to do, is refocus. But, uh, but just that part of your point. I mean, it, I, it's just not an L to me. I, I refocus. Well, I mean, listen, I can, yeah. I can respect your point of view, but like me empathizing with her. She worked her entire life to get to that point where she could even go to the Olympics and be a part of the Olympic experience and be on that team that and compete short life. at the I'm, at I'm the pinnacle. <laughs> <I'm afraid, laughs> yeah. This short life. I'm unimpressed that she worked her entire life. Look, what it was. was I was. I, you know I personally, I was looking forward. I was looking forward to seeing her race against that Jamaican woman. I forget her name. I think her first name is Gwen something. I haven't followed the sport too much, but she's the world record holder. And they were setting this up like, you know, Rocky versus Apollo. You have the older woman who had a baby who's come back, who's going to be in her last Olympics, still at the top of a game and the young gun coming in there. And we're going to all miss out on that. We're going to miss out on seeing that. I That's me personally. As far as all that other stuff with the Olympics and all that other shit, I really don't give a fuck. I don't think that the Olympics is really about this country as much as it used to be. I mean, if you're talking about Berlin in 1932 before Hitler, you know, I can see where America gets behind that. And they're like, that's great. You know what I'm saying? Joe Lewis, knock him out. You know, um, what um, Owens. 
run your race and like you know show them that show them American like great greatness and excellence. I can uh, I can get my, I can understand why they felt that way. Today I don't see that. Today that's not it. Different times. It's much different, different times. I can understand why back then they had to say we're greater than you say we are. Right. Because of the level of uh, oppression at the time, both physical and in every other way, you know, uh, it's 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 different now. And I don't think the levels now are as intense as they were. They may be just as damaging, but not as intense as they were at one point in time. And so it's 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 I mean, it's just. Damn, I forgot what I was talking about, man. Well, the, the level the yeah. just kicked in. <laughs> <laughs> well, the levels are the levels are they're still there, but they're different because, like you, like you so eloquently put before the gummy kicked in, it's the money, it's the endorsements. Right. They're yeah. they're racing. A gold is worth X amount of dollars per year. Silver is worth X amount. Bronze is worth another amount. Right? They're racing for right. like the future. Shikari, though, because of this whole situation, y'all are right. Because of this whole situation, she's been taken out of that equation whatsoever. Her earning power is guaranteed. She's going to make that money no matter what. Because she's a flashpoint. But it's still an opportunity. If she wants to continue to make money and she loves to run, she needs to just go ahead and train hard. And 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 just you know and get and, and target whatever the next public event is, right? And and, and just make a a beeline to that event, uh, making deals all the way along the way. You know, no matter what you know, what I'm saying? <laughs> and listening and training and listening, right. and training and get ready for that. And, and 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 I'm telling you, man, it won't be. Don't get caught up in these bullshit politics because you know that that's gonna hurt you more than it can help you in the long run. That's all I would say. But man, shit, I ain't got nothing to say about her. So what you missed the Olympics? Shit, I wish I was her age. I wouldn't give a shit what the odds were. To <laughs> 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 go back to her age, you know, you got everything. Shit, you're young. You know, it would not be fair at this point in time if you were to be able to build a time machine and go back. So hold on, hold on. We're gonna her make sure that we stop her talent. Before. Huh? Her age with her talent. I'm not talking about her my her age and my old self. I'm talking about her age with her talent. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. No, that's what I'm that's what I'm saying. It would not be fair. And that's why that's how that's how Marvel makes movies, trying to stop guys like you. Because, <laughs> because you're gonna go back, you're gonna start a whole bunch of shit and everything. And then we're having a different conversation this year because you done changed the timeline. But, you know, I gave you a couple of rounds of applause for what you said because you're right. And I don't, I, it's really, to me, it's just so individualistic. I'm not really into the Olympics as much. I've never really been into the Olympics besides the 100 and the 200 meter. That's really what I want to see. Um, gymnastics. The 400 after your boy. The 400. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Your boy with the gold shoes. Yeah, you saying Bolt? Yeah, you saying Bolt? No, no. No. That's what about Carl Lewis? Upright. Nah, the gold shoes came after Carl Lewis. Uh, Michael Johnson? Oh, Michael Johnson, man. Michael Johnson, yo, man. Yeah. Yo, ever since he ran the 400, yo, I've been into the 400. Like, I want to see this. See, I got to give myself a round of applause because I didn't even know I knew those names. 
from there. Oh, that yeah, was such man. like that was like such a long. That was a deep dive. That was poetry, man. That was, that I'm glad I didn't miss it. I wasn't, you know, it wasn't. I was cheering for him. Right. <laughs> right. 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 Yo, it's like Grant said at the beginning. This is about. I, I mean, you know. He didn't say this, but it connects to what he says. This is about patriotism. If you patriotic, then the Olympics is for you. I mean, it, it means something to you, and so on and so forth. You know, if you if you are a true patriotic person, and so what, if, if that is not the case, then you know, as much as it's not the case, is you know how it diminishes the value of the Olympics to you. Well, I think the most patriotic, you know, the most patriotic. They were on this one. They were on this woman, this Gwen Berry, about turning her back to the uh, flag during this like Olympic trials thing. My feeling is that that's the most. This whole Ka- Colin Kaepernick, Gabby Thomas. Every time somebody does something of this nature, to me, that is the most American thing that anyone can do, because it shows that we are not a nation full of fucking fish who have to agree. At all periods and times, as long as you're, listen, you pay your taxes, you know what I'm saying? You don't shoot your neighbors and everything. You're okay. You start shooting your neighbors. That's a problem. I'm not even so hung up on the taxes. Just don't shoot your neighbors. But this is the world that we, this is the world that we live in. And Gwen Berry, after this is over, I mean, come on, name to me anybody that's ever thrown the discus Female discus, I'll even throw hammer throwers. Anyone that does any of those strong woman woman activities in the Olympics, name one, and I will send you five dollars right now. I'm gonna say five because y'all probably got laptops somewhere. So can't name one. Can't name one. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. <laughs> and she don't. She don't. I, nobody cares. No, go ahead, go go ahead. Go ahead. I, I I would say that's about the majority of them. Like like, so I think Gene Gene hit the nail on the head when he said he was he was tuned in to watch that, right? Because that was what interested him. You know what I mean? And I, I believe, I mean, I'm sure that there are some people that watch the Olympics from you know what I mean from rooter to the tutor, but I think most people focus in on if you have an event that you like, if you have an individual that you like, you focus in on that on that event, that individual. So it's not, it's less about the patriotism of it than it is. I mean, it's the Olympics is just, it is about watching great individual, great individual performers do their thing. Exactly. Exactly. You know, it's, it's, it's just watching, watching it, watching the individual do what they do. Or right. the, or the short track do ice skating do. too. And the winter, you know, the mother Olympics, uh, the, the short track, the ice skating, yeah, that shit uh-huh. is hot. Oh yeah, that's hot. Yeah, I mean, there are there are events that you watch only during Olympics that you like. This is exciting, but if they ever made it into a league, they'd go bankrupt. Yeah, because no. I'm not watching right. it all the time. But it's a, it's exciting to see for know. a minute. Well, I would though. Anything I like in the Olympics, I would watch. I watch if it's on I mean, if I get enough notice, I'll watch live. If you know, if I know the field of competition and stuff like that, uh, that stuff's pretty. Track and field is big on this earth, man. Well, that would, I mean, it's just over here, you know. Is it, you know, but over outside of America, they treat they treat it like royalty. Yeah, right. Like, you know, you know, you you know just, ESPN shows like logging and shit. 
You know yeah. what I mean? Like, like right. every, everything, everything is out there. You know what I'm yeah. saying? You you could find everything that they do in the Olympics. You could find it somewhere. Yeah. And somebody's competing, doing it. You know what I mean? It's just, is it, a, is it a professional league or is it on the amateur side of the game? It's expanded wild world. ESPN is like expanded wild world, wide world of sports, which most people don't even, oh, yeah. most, you know, if you're under uh, 30 years old, you have no idea what I just said, what I'm talking about. But that was America's programming before cable. And at that point in time, right. the Olympics was more exciting than it is now because it was something that we watched. But as far as the patriotism, I think the stories about patriotism really kind of ended after the Cold War. Um, in the 80s, it was more about we the Olympics became like a farce. The Soviets were doping. Nobody could catch them doping. Right. You know, now, apparently, I just turned on the TV today and I saw that they're not even going to be in the Olympics because they've been banned for eight years for doping. They picked the right eight years during mm-hmm. COVID because as of right now in Japan, there's no spectators being allowed when in, at any of the events in the Olympics because of COVID. They've had another outbreak. Mm-hmm. Is it even safe to go to the Olympics? Is that some place where you want to be? Shikari might have just lucked out. That might have been the best stretch of luck that she got in her entire lifetime or short life. But Shikari, you know, you hold your head up, sister. We not mad at you. I know I'm not mad at you. Right. You keep burning that that shit. That's right. Burn. (laughs) Burn until until it's legal. Yeah, I'm going to tell you you were talking. Go ahead. Cut that deal with Canopy Growth. That's all I got to say. Oh, hell yeah. That, when, actually, when you was talking that earlier, mm. I'm going to tell you something. I was thinking, you know what Bud is right now, man? What's Bud that? is this huge motherfucking monster industry that's being held back by, you know, you know uh, what should I say, weakened straps. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, and they're continuing to try to hold it back because this industry... They've already created a, a civilization of people who are, you know, ha- easy to form habits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. And so I'm talking about the, the killing field, so to speak, is just, it's, you know, it's utopia. Yeah. You know, when we, well, you know well, if you think in capital, capitalistic gonna, terms, you know, and so, and so it's going to time. Well, you know, but that's what no, no, that's why they want to squash it. They don't want to endorse her. They don't, I mean, I think that's the that, that's the uh, uh, conspiracy uh, theory, if you would, uh, that I would, uh, you know, that, that I just came up with. If, if, if there is one, I'm not even saying there is one shit. I don't I don't I don't care. But if there is one, it'd be like, OK, they're trying to still keep those straps on this thing that's ready to come out yeah. and, and, and provide a lot of come-ups. Well, you know, me and Eugene, we've talked about this a lot of times, and I went <laughs> to the Javits Center a couple of years ago when they had the Cannabis Expo, and just to get a ticket alone, it was $250 to get a ticket. I won't pay in that shit. Um, one of my friends actually like hooked me up with access to it, and it was all these people that had paid like um, twenty five, fifty thousand dollars, ten thousand dollars for a booth to come into this area and actually rub elbows with one another. And one thing that I found that out of that experience is that 
the reality of the cannabis business is that they're trying to make that the same way as every other corporate business in America. And that's one of the reasons for the delay. It's so expensive to get a license just to own a dispensary. If you're not coming from generational wealth, it's going to be difficult for you to get in that business. They've set up networks and ways to work with each other that um, will exclude will exclude. It's basically a microcosm of every other industry at this point. And if we don't get in there and start now breaking it down before it gets a foothold, then that's the way it's going to be. It's going to be like any other business, which could be good or bad because of the fact that the black market is always going to be around with cannabis. There's always going to be a black market in cannabis because some people just don't want to be just like they still make, they still make moonshine. They still make they, moonshine. They say the, be- the better weed comes from the better, the best weed ain't held by the government. Oh yeah, well, and even a, a layer deeper, the skill set <laughs> required, you know, right. to be consistent at the best is is still held by hippies. Yeah, and you know, and if you have that skill set, you're making plenty of money. So you know, and if you're into it, I, I think it's it's a it's a they cannot they cannot control every aspect of it, and that's why it's better tied up than let loose. I, that's why I use the expression: "There's going to be a lot of come ups," and and you know, which takes away from their ability to come up, you know, you know and regulations well, and stuff like that. Yeah. I think there's a lot of there's a lot of the old guard that has to be convinced to change or to die off. The stigmatism of it is still, you know what I'm saying? The stigmatism of it is still there. So in terms of, so like on the fire department, yeah, weed is legal in in Michigan, Mm -hmm. right? But it's not legal on the fire department. But alcohol is. Right. So but they would, again, they would they, but y'all. just so just so just y'all. think back to prohibition though. Mm-hmm. Think back to prohibition. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. There was a time, there was a time when alcohol was illegal. And it took a long time. You know what I mean? It was like 30, 40 years before they before they figured it all out and got it to where now that liquor bottle that you open, that's a government seal that you're breaking. They, it, it took a long time before they got to that government seal on it. Right. You know what I'm saying and it's gonna it's gonna take a long time, even though it's it, you know it's coming around in certain states or whatever, and it's gonna eventually it's gonna come around and and it's gonna hit every state, and then you're gonna have a government seal on that pack of marijuana cigarettes that you open it. And that's un- and that's it's unfortunate. Gonna, it's, it's just gonna take time. And that's unfortunate because like whenever the government gets involved with things that are grown, we see what they do to it. It's called GMOs. And they're going to work to get every, they're, they're the same problems. And you know what, Gene, you said something very interesting. I didn't, I didn't even consider hippie culture in regards to this, to like why oh, things yeah. have been going for going so slowly, because that's a real thing. Cats that it's real. That's, yeah. it is, it's very real. And um, you see a lot of people who have a lot of knowledge. You see a lot of people who have a lot of horticultural knowledge that are involved in it they're taking strains they're advancing strains and moving forward and forward and forward you know supposedly to make to give you better this effect or that effect whatever it is 
but the hippies still rule the day. And I think that's a good thing. Yeah, well, you know, it's when I say hippie, uh, uh, I mean everything you're saying, uh, but even more targeted, I mean that younger people are, you know, they are seeing the contradiction and uh, in their, you know, rebellious spirits, if they have them, uh, you know, they're just wide open rebellious against that contradiction. And, 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 you know, and it's people with heavy skill sets that are rebellious against that. And so when they get rebellious against that, they get rebellious against anything that's preventative from, you know, uh, getting this out because there's no, it's not immoral. It's not this, it's not that. And so it's, it's that spirit that, you know, they, that keeps the, that keeps like the culture you alive. You can't control markets on something. Well, they just haven't figured out how to mass produce uh, all of the variety and the and, and keep up with the trends and this and that and everything else and keep a hold on it because uh, so many people are able to do it up to this point on their own. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And. And, and that culture, uh, they'll, they'll still, and if it's really wide open, then people, those shows would make massive amounts of money. Right. I mean, there, there, there's just so many, I think there's just so many, <laughs> so many dikes in the dam that they would have to cover right now, you know what I'm saying, to really be the master of it when it comes to some of the best and and, and all of the uh, bleeding, edge te- bleeding edge technology they're doing with edibles and this and that and everything else. It's, a, it's like they would just have to get in the race and then dominate the race, you know? Right. Uh, and I don't think they're ever interested in nothing like that. Well, it's definitely, you know, like, it's an issue that... you might not win that race now with social media. Yeah. You know, so yeah. There's, 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 there's people who have influence. Well, I can see the parallels. <laughs> yeah, I can see the parallels in the conversation. I see the parallels between what you're talking about and the defund the police co- conversation. And one of the reasons why police don't want marijuana to become decriminalized completely and totally, because if you don't have a black market, you don't have anywhere to use your battering ram to come in and like bust oh, yeah. people. And get and probable make cause for some bullshit. Exactly. Yeah. Get probable cause <laughs> to, you know, you might have, you might have a kid that's going into college this year and you need a down payment. You know, we're not gonna pretend like stuff doesn't happen. Oh, when it, oh yeah, when it comes to the to the cash part, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I mean, it's just they also. But here's the thing: there's also a side that understands. Look, if the if the what do you call it the mark the way that things are going, if this is going to exist with the black market or whatever market or you know, any other color market exists. Why can't we make money off of the money generated? These people right. need to be legitimately be able to go ahead and get on the books all the way around and stuff. Right. So, you know, we need to go ahead because it don't matter. And these are people who, who really don't care whether, you know, a big agra takes over or this that, and everything else. That's not in their best interest. Right. So there's that side of, of this, too. You know, but in in all that I'm saying, it's still this big strapped up powerhouse that's waiting to bust free and be what it's going to be. Because here's the the reality. The demand 
that's that's a nonstop, you know, upward trajectory. Right, <laughs> right. That's flying off the charts. <laughs> so at some point, you know, it, the rubber's got to meet the road, you know, so to speak. So, so if if you're cutting off, so to legalize to legalize marijuana, a hundred percent, right? Federally, let's mm-hmm. say it's, it's federally, uh, they they set it free. You know what I'm saying? It's out here. Everybody can do whatever they want to do. Cutting off a, a a lane that feeds the prison industrial complex could be yes. one of the problems. That could that could be something that's holding up this legislation too. Don't 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 think that it that it's just you know what I'm saying it, it the, the, that shit is real. The prison yeah, industrial complex yes, that shit yeah. is real. Yes, and and putting niggas in jail for for weed violations is one of the main things that they do. Yes, and they they got to figure out a way if they gonna if they gonna legalize this shit they got to figure out a way to open to put something else in that lane. Yeah, defund the police scare so opens up so many different things because we all know what the answer is. The answer is very simply if you police everyone in the same manner, you still get the same amount of convicts. But now the problem is that, you know, your cousin Sean is going in or, you know, someone of someone that you may know, one of your neighbors may be going in and doing time. And now they're really it's a different world because it's it's more of a moral world. As of right now, you can go back to your neighborhood and you can say, yes, I got these animals and they're not like the animals that we live with. And that's why it's why it's like good. And in the interim, the crimes that are being committed two and three doors down are much more heinous than the ones that they elect that they sent this guy upstate for. And now that guy goes upstate and he's supporting. We've talked about this before. He's now supporting someone else's family. So until they replace that, until they come to the conscience or the mindset that, yes, we can. And the the sad part about that is, is that, well, I I won't even say it's sad because I was thinking about this today. I was like, you know, if things change and they get better, then things don't change. You know what I mean? If things change and they get better, then we don't get anything significant. We don't get anything different. We don't get any new systems. We don't get the improvement across the board that our community needs. But if they were to do these things, if they were to do these things moral and straight the way it should be done, the entire country would benefit. And then you're talking about something different. Right. But there's no there's no edict that that says our our community is supposed to receive any sort of improvement. <laughs> no, that's the, the right. So right, and this is what we're this is what we're exactly, and that's my point exactly. I listen. I can say this. I can say this because we know it ain't gonna happen. We know that the one thing that they're not going to do is the right moral thing. But here's the thing, X. That is that might be the saving. The, decision that they will or will not make is that if they if they paint the picture as you just described and, and that not only that way but many other ways that might be the only actual way <laughs> to not have a zero sum game you know what I'm saying? I, or some, I, some some crazy scenario but you know what though here's the thing 
history does not dictate that they are capable <laughs> right, of, making right. A, of making the decision that's right. in that right. favor. <laughs> right. And that's why and that's why it's like, you know, I thought about this this week. It's like it's so it's like somebody might come out and say, like, oh, that's a brave statement that you're making right there. And I would have to disagree with you. It's not that brave because it ain't never gonna happen. It ain't never gonna happen. That's like one scenario you can you can say that that is the best case scenario, and you can also say at the same time simultaneously it's the least likely to happen because it's the best scenario, right. it's the best idea, it's the most moral. It's like how you how this country lives up to its words and its act and its deeds. And then if somebody like kneels during the flag, I'm gonna be the first one to jump out the stands and go and beat them, throw an elbow across their fa- across their head. How can you do that? We have so much here. That day will never come. The day will never come. First of all, I'm getting older and my knees are hurt. So, yeah, so (laughs) I can't I can't get over there. But listen, gentlemen, we are just about at an hour. So we're going to say give yourselves a round of applause. Sayonari from Los Angeles, California. Mr. Gene Hopkins, thank you for joining us once again. Okay. From Detroit, Michigan, Mr. Grant Lancaster, owner of City Wings. 2896 West Grand Boulevard, Detroit, Michigan. West Grand Boulevard for your chicken needs. Grant Lancaster. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's right. Come down and get you some. That's right. Thanks for joining me again, Born in Trouble. We'll see y'all next week, uh, Tuesday. Talk. Check us out. Peace.